know, there's all those little like things that Satan whispers to make you think like, double doubt your situation, you know, what, what if, what if you should, and I'm like, well, what if I was somewhere else? Like if, if, if that did happen where I am, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the Lord is going to be my care provider no matter what. And I think that a lot of times our fears and what we do with them determines what kind of outcome he offers us. Hi, I'm Danielle. Welcome to the Birth Journeys podcast. It is my belief that our birth journey has a lasting impact that goes far beyond delivery. It is my hope that through these stories, you would find the insight, tools, and the courage to go on and have your own positive and empowering birth journey. Just as a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is meant to inform and encourage you on your birth journey and not intended to replace advice from your medical professional. Welcome back to the Birth Journeys podcast. Today we have Karen on and she's going to be sharing her stories with us. Hi, Karen. Thanks for coming on. Hi, Danielle. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to hear your stories. Um, why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about yourself? I, my name is Karen and um, I'm 35 years old. Um, I'm from California, but I um, grew up in on a farm in Arkansas and ended up in Virginia as a teenager. And I got married um, pretty young. Uh, we have been married now for 14 and a half years. And um, I just had my sixth baby two weeks ago. Um, mm -hmm. I stay at home with my kids. We have a little bit of a homestead outside Richmond, Virginia. Um, we've tried various livestock and we've kind of settled with dairy sheep and chickens. Um, so that's quite enough for us. <laughs> we've had cows and uh, ducks and rabbits and some things that we just don't want to do again. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, we've had pigs too. Those were the worst. Um, but yeah, so I right now we're in a less busy season of homesteading. So I'm kind of grateful for the postpartum not being in the summer because mm -hmm. um, the garden and all that can just <laughs> sit and wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, two weeks. How are you feeling? I'm good. I just had my um, first postpartum chiropractic visit and she adjusted him and he's very content. <laughs> Aww, love it. That's awesome. Well, so where do you like to say that your birth journey begins? Uh, so I didn't really grow up hearing about birth. My mom kind of just kept that to herself. I knew that she hadn't had any C-sections, um, but I, we were all hospital births. And um, I started really longing to be a mother when I was a nanny and watched, well, the lady had pregnancy magazines and um, like what to expect when you're expecting. So when that longing started to hit, I was reading pretty much everything because I love to research things before um, before I get there. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I just kind of went headfirst into like the conventional methods and um, just checked out books at the library and what um, one of them was called Baby Catcher, 
and I loved that one. <laughs> I thought it was funny, but oh, first, first I was watching like a baby story and those very conventional um, videos or what TV shows. <laughs> That's the word mm-hmm. I'm looking for. Um, while the little girl was napping, and I, one thing I noticed was that I. I would have a visceral reaction to people getting epidural or a C-section and I had to shut it off. So something in me like just kind of just didn't want, couldn't, couldn't process that um, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty quick. And so I started to try to learn a little bit more. And during that time I had three friends who were pregnant and two of them as first time moms had C-section. So I started to dig into that using library resources and, um, I actually read a book called Pushed by Jennifer Block, and it made sense suddenly that, like, there are hospitals that do a little bit more um, pushing for that. They aren't ready to let you, let a first-time mother labor naturally mm-hmm. for very long before they want to do something about it. And so pretty quick I realized I didn't want to give birth at that particular hospital. And then um, I think in my just research and everything, I ended up finding the business of being born at the library and uh, watched that and read some excerpts to my husband. And I'm kind of just rattling on. <laughs> no, it's um, okay. But yeah, so the the desire to start to start um, learning what I could before I ever conceived was kind of where the where the journey for me began was mm. just wanting to learn what I could. Yeah. So what was it like when you first found out you were pregnant? Um, well, so <laughs> I felt very confident, I would say, overly confident about getting pregnant. Like, I, as I said, I did a lot of research and I wanted to, like, make sure I was as fertile as I could be. Like, I didn't, now looking back, I'm like, that was so, the Lord could have humbled me pretty early on by not allowing me to get pregnant the first cycle. Um, but he didn't, and I, I did get pregnant the first cycle, and, and that was 2011. So um, I, don't, I don't remember anything very dramatic. It was just like, oh, yeah. I, I think it made me a little bit arrogant right at the get-go, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, thinking that I had figured things out, you know. Um, so there's a lot of growing since then. <laughs> So with the research that you had kind of started doing, what type of care did you choose for your first pregnancy? So when I first brought up home birth to my husband, because that's what I wanted, I didn't, I, I knew based on my reaction to the medical model, just watching it on TV, I just didn't want, I didn't want any part of it. But um, my husband was at first very adamant that that was not going to happen, um, but then I shared the business of being born with him and some little bits of pushed um, I read to him. And so, excuse me, he agreed to go to a Meet the Midwives um, thing at the ladies' house, the, one of the midwives' houses, and he felt a lot more comfortable after that. I didn't realize it, but I was three weeks along then. And um, so we went and he, he, felt, he felt a lot more comfortable after meeting them and seeing that they weren't, um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what he imagined home birth midwives to be, but yeah, he felt settled. He felt more settled after meeting them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's common because that was kind of how my husband was too. When 
you know, he knew that I was like, we're doing this at home with our last baby. And, um, he felt kind of nervous about it until he met with our midwife. And then he was kind of like, oh, okay. Like that totally did the same thing for him, like settled his spirit. And he was kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm good with this. (laughs) Uh, So I guess sometimes if your husband isn't on board, just go meet with the midwife. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. They oh, were, so how um, is that? Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say they were very, um, <clears throat> Northern Virginia type. I don't know how to describe them. They were, she, I wouldn't say that I took her to be like a midwife style, but she was very like upper class. Um, like, ah, she has a birth center or she had a birth center that was geared toward like, um, an experience. Like, so you know how you have the hippie midwives and then you have the more, I don't know how to, how to describe them. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a word. The, um, I don't know. Elite is the word that's coming to mind, but she was. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> it was just, a, I don't know. Is it kind of like how, you know, people have, or I've heard of like those spa type, like, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Something like like that. It was more like a special experience. Like, I don't know, upper, upper class. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I just, I guess the, the reason that I differentiate with that is just because I had two very different midwives and the re like for him, for Drew starting off, I think that that's kind of what he needed was somebody that felt almost more like an authority. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, that's why I'm pointing out that type. There's a different, there's different types of midwives. You know that. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> there is. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that first pregnancy and going into your first birth? Um, there was a lot going on that year. Um, we were part of kind of a, a church split sort of thing. So I had a lot of emotions. My family was kind of separated Um, I didn't really get to be with my mom at all. Um, My husband lost his job because of an altercation that somebody attacked him. (laughs) There was a whole bunch of stuff that happened all in a row. We lost our insurance because he lost his job. And so, like, I was kind of a mess. He got hired by a friend. So, anyway, there was just a lot of emotional stuff. And through it all, like, I feel like I was (sighs) wanting to remain... um, strong in that I like still pursued what I felt like the right birth um, experience would be like still wanted to birth at home and still wanted to nourish myself I followed the Bradley um, we or we we went to a Bradley class um, and I followed the brewer diet and I don't remember if my midwife suggested that or the Bradley instructor was suggesting it maybe both um so I, nutritionally, I would say I was okay. Like I didn't, we still ate somewhat like our, you know, our family had growing up, just kind of a lot of processed food. And, um, but for, for what I knew, I feel like I tried to do my best. Um, and, but I still feel like there was so much arrogance, even like as a first time mom thinking like, because I had done, was doing things different from my friends I was like I'm in a home birth and like kind of airing her own opinions on (laughs) on baby center and acting like I knew knew the way even though like I had never experienced it so that kind of fed into 
my first birth. That's why I bring that up is just the pride that I feel like I had because I was doing things differently and trying to do things better. Um, and so like I wanted to do, I did the prenatal tea and I did the dates and it was just, I feel like I bore a lot of like weight trying to make things happen the way I wanted them Mm -hmm. to. And I feel like that, that birth taught me some humility and that like, you don't get to, um, you don't get to force your way into a a good experience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that, I think that was kind of my goal was like, do everything right and get an easy, quick birth. And, um, so that's not what happened, (laughs) but anyway, but the overall, the pregnancy felt good. I felt strong and healthy and, um, I was in Annie for the whole time. So that was a interesting experience, like longing to be a mother and getting frustrated because I don't know, it, <laughs> it's different. Yeah. It's different when you have, when you have charge over somebody else's kid and you're carrying your own. It was just a lot of emotional challenge. Mm. Yeah. So how was that first birth? So my, my first, I was, um, very confident that I wouldn't go early (laughs) and because it was my first and I had done all this research. So, but I was playing around with a, um, labor dance that I found on my baby center group. And I think that it may have triggered labor before it was time and her head was not engaged. And so I ended up, um, let's see, I, I, started contracting my water didn't break but I started contracting at midnight and being a first time I'm like okay this isn't so bad um but I went to bed and my midwife came the following morning at like nine but she had been to several births in a row so she went and took a nap and um being still early labor but I wasn't aware of how that would feel like I we went out to Target and got a card for our video camera because I wanted to be ready to have the video footage and everything. Um, we it was it was a long labor. It was, um, but it was a long. It was a lot of back labor. So I spent a lot of time in the house, walking around the neighborhood, um, and it was a long time ago. So I forget a lot of the details, but. Um, we walked through the neighborhood. I remember one moment that this man comes out. We lived in a townhouse and he comes out of his house and, um, I'm like swaying against my husband and he's like, yeah, just, is it labor? And my husband's like, yeah. And he's like, walk it off. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't, I don't even think I acknowledged him because I was like, yeah, okay. That's how you think. But, um, I I feel like I remember because we were in a townhouse, like being concerned that our neighbors would hear, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, like just being con- not not worried about what they would think, but just thinking. Just it entered my mind that like this was not normal, just because it was my first birth for one thing, and also because not a lot of people birth at home. Um, but that matters to me now, just because I have this nice place that I'm like wow I can labor wherever I want and nobody cares (laughs) but um anyway so we I think I spent I remember laboring 
all night alone and my midwife telling my husband that he needed to get sleep. And I was kind of bitter about that. Um, but I do think that I was very crutched on her knowledge and feeling like she was going to walk me through this whole thing. Mm. And finding myself alone, I feel like I got really discouraged because she did, she did do a cervical check with her, um, with that one. And I didn't, I was, it was discouraging because I think it was like at one or something after having early labor contractions for hours. I don't even know how many hours. So I think that the emotional, just the, the disappointment and now knowing my body and the way I respond, like it could have been, I could have been further along and being, um, vulnerable in that way that I know that that would trigger me. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't do cervical checks anymore and it's just, it's, it's trauma triggers for me. So I'm like, I don't think that I would, um, I would not be surprised if that was part of the reason I was so closed up. So, um, anyway, so we, we, uh, after being discouraged, I ended up laboring on the ball, laboring in the bath. Um, and, uh, I just don't remember her encouraging a lot of movement. I don't rem- She did do like tinctures and um, homeopathics and she suggested castor oil at one point. Um, and then towards the afternoon of the second day, I felt a little bit of an urge to push in the bath. And I don't know if it scared me or if I was just like, okay, it's time. I, I didn't want to give birth in the bath. Um, so I got out and I ended up in the bed some, for some reason. And, um, we tried a few techniques to try to get that to come back. And she like sifted with the rebozo and tried some various techniques, but it was, I just remember it being hours of just discouraging, um, (laughs) uh, long, I don't know, just, it's so hazy because it was a long labor and because it was a long time ago. But I do remember the, the laying on the back and she, I don't remember feeling contractions so much as like trying to work with my body to push, but being so exhausted, like (laughs) it took two hours of pushing to get her out. Um, and I did tear. So that was, I was overwhelmed with like, I had the major oxytocin response. And so that, that was a very empowering feeling that like I had actually given birth and, um, just overcoming so many hours of challenge, uh, that just kind of broke, <laughs> broke me in for motherhood and also like humbled me that like, you can try to do all the right things, but still like labor can be really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was my first one. Oh. Arden. Yeah. I love that name. I, I have a friend with a little girl named Arden and it's not a very common name. Yeah, we had never heard it before. And then my midwife, um, that same one, had three Ardens in like the same week. (laughs) And one of them was a boy. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, wow. So how was your recovery after, you know, your first birth and having torn and all of that? It was uh, not, at the time I didn't think anything of it. Um, But... I, we lived in a townhouse and our bedroom was at the top and people would bring food and it was really caught, you know, 
thoughtful of them to do that, but I, it didn't occur to me to just stay in bed and let them drop off food. So I ended up coming downstairs a lot and my healing just was slow and my pelvic floor after that much pushing was not good. So, um, and I didn't, I don't feel like I had a lot of support or knowledge, um, wisdom or anything to, to take care of myself in that way and make sure that I was, you know, using breaths and staying on the bed or anything. (laughs) So that postpartum, I don't remember it a whole lot, but I don't feel like I was supported. Um, and in other ways besides, you know, food, food was a blessing, but (laughs) I was ignorant enough to take the stairs several times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's hard when you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep, that can totally... I definitely was more focused on preparing for my birth than the, um, than the postpartum. Yeah. I did pack food away, but I wasn't I wasn't really thinking about how healing would feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so how long after your first birth did you get pregnant with your second? Um, so I always said that I wanted to have my kids like 18 months apart and because I had a sister that was 18 months older than me and it was just, I loved it. And then when she was, my daughter was nine months old, I was like, heck no, I'm not ready (laughs) because she was still waking up all night long to nurse. And I just couldn't fathom trying to do that again for, for a while. And, um, but it turned out as soon as I said that I found out I was already pregnant (laughs) So, oh, wow. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I got pregnant when she was about nine months, I guess. And mm. I didn't actually, my cycles were all over the place. And so I hadn't missed a cycle. They were just really long. Like I remember being like, I think it was like 50 days ago. I don't know. <laughs> it was, it, it was weird. I don't know exactly what was going on with my body, but it wasn't like, oh, you missed a cycle and you know. So I took a pregnancy test um, just because I think I was trying to get back into running and I was just exhausted, I, out of breath. So I took a pregnancy test and um, found out. And I was like, okay, well, um, we don't have insurance still. So I tried to get state insurance and they ended up taking more pregnancy tests and did a dating ultrasound so that I could get proof of pregnancy. You know those pregnancy centers, they want to make sure that you're not going to do anything drastic, so they want you to see your baby. Mm. Um, That was my only uh, vaginal ultrasound, and I hated that so much, but they did pinpoint his um, due date for me because I had no clue. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so they were 18 months apart, and we we were not trying. our prevention techniques were not good, I guess. Mm-hmm. So did you choose I, the same midwife and everything for your second? Okay, so we we had intended to move further from where we lived, uh, further towards my husband's um, job because he worked in Richmond. Um, and we had intended to move like 30 minutes south. And our first midwives did not travel that far. Um so we found a different set of midwives that uh, could travel to either where we lived then in Stafford or um, further south. So that was our main reason for choosing an, another set of midwives because I wouldn't say I was discontent with my first midwife. Um, I just wanted, and I actually asked her for recommendations. So I wasn't better or anything, but she, um, I, I loved the new team. They were um, 
definitely the more herbal hippie style. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were they came to my home for uh, appointments, which my first midwives had like a chiropractor that they used the office of. And I loved that I didn't have to get up and get ready with a toddler. So that was just a really big blessing. And um, they supported me in a lot of different ways um, through herbs and things that they just were passionate about. Um, so I think I got labs done and they were, I was somewhat low on iron. So my, my midwife just gave me a bottle of nettle tincture and it was just, they really cared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could tell like they really wanted to support even though I think at the time, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have called myself especially well nourished, just because I, we didn't have a lot of money and I didn't have a lot of wisdom, and so um, they just, they really took good care of me, and um, I just, I just always felt at ease with both of them, and that's one thing about my first set of midwives that I, I, I preferred one um, over the other, but I didn't get her at my birth (laughs) and so there was a there was a whole thing about that but both of these two that I really really loved and then there was a doula that was super local to me that was training with them and I also loved her the first time we went to hear the heartbeat um, for my daughter she had been their assistant and she um, she let me come to her house and everything so I had already known her a little bit before she was training as a midwife under my second set of midwives. So I don't know if that made any sense, but I knew that I had a team of women that I felt comfortable with um, that would be at our our second birth. So, um, yeah, that was how we came to have different ones for the second one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a blessing that you felt so comfortable with them. (laughs) So how was your um, second labor then? Um, so, let me think. We were intending to, um, okay, let's see. My midwife had an appointment for like 40 weeks on the dot, and then she had to reschedule it to the day before. No, let's see. It was Tuesday. And she had set the appointment for, but then she rescheduled it to Monday. And we had been gone at my husband's competition. He's an arborist, and he he competes in um, tree climbing championships. And so we um, we were supposed to be gone that Sunday, but he missed the Masters by a few points, which was ended up being a blessing because we could just have, like, a family day for, for my due date. Um, and then the next day was she had changed my appointment to Monday, so... I got up and I was making breakfast for my daughter and um, I realized I was contracting a little bit here and there and I wasn't trying to think too, I was trying not to think too much of it. And the midwife was coming anyway, so I was like, well, I can ask her what she thinks if I have kind of a record of how long they are or whatever. And while she was palpating, I noticed that it was really uncomfortable. Um, There was just, it was not normal like Braxton Hicks and I could tell that but um I still didn't want to make a lot a big deal out of it so she said she had another appointment to go to and um in my our area and as soon as she left my body like kicked it into overdrive 
And my daughter was nursing still at the time, so I just remember feeling, like, desperate to get her off of me and put her down for a nap because it was late morning. Um, so I got her some lunch somehow and um, put her down. Um, and I texted, as soon as Desiree left, my midwife, um, I texted my mom and my husband um, so that they could come because I was like, if, if this is labor, I can't. Actually, I don't think I was in denial anymore. I was just like, I need somebody to help me. Um, <laughs> because when you have an 18-month-old and you're in labor, it's just, oh, you just yeah. kind of don't want to be by yourself. I um, <laughs> but I decided I was going to get in the bath. And um, having had such a long labor for the first one, I was like, I'm limping out way too soon. There's just no way I need to get in the bath. But I'm going to get in the bath while nobody's here <laughs> so, so that nobody tells me not to. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I put a sticky note on the door and I'll let them know that they could get in. And, um, I got in the bath and I don't, I think I was in there for maybe an hour. And when the midwives got there, um, I think they encouraged me to get out and move around. And so I ended up on the ball for a little while and it was nothing like the first, the first I had, uh, crazy back labor and I just, just hours of my husband providing counter pressure and trying to adjust positioning and everything. Um, but this one was a whole different thing. Like (laughs) I sat down on the ball for, you know, maybe an hour after being in the bath for an hour. And my midwife's like, maybe you should just try to go to the bathroom, you know, on the other side, because we had a master bathroom and then another hallway bathroom. She was just like, go around the bed to the other bathroom when you need to go pee. So I got up off the ball and, went around the bed and as soon as I got on the potty I had my first ever um, fetal ejection reflex contraction and um, I was just like wow that there's just no way this is happening already but I got up and I came back to the bed and I instinctively knew the bed was too squishy for the position that I wanted to be in and by this I was only four four something 4.30, maybe, I don't know, and uh, I I don't remember being in my right mind during his labor, because I feel like it was just such a whirlwind to my, thinking that I had hours and, or even days to go, <laughs> um, I don't remember reasoning, like, where I wanted to have the baby, but in my, like, animal mind, I guess, I was just like, put the old jar curtain right there on the floor and, and told them what to do. I don't even really remember that, but, um, I knew I didn't want to be on the bed. And so they put the shower curtain on the floor and I knelt down and his head was born during one contraction. And then another one right after it brought his body out. And I, my husband said my midwife like leapt across the room and caught him really quick. Or <laughs> I don't really, I don't remember. I had to ask him. I was like, did Desiree catch or did you? He's like, I think Desiree caught, but I don't know how because she somehow leapt, somehow could tell what was happening <laughs> because I was be- backed into his, like towards his nightstand. So I'm like, how did anybody even get in there to, to catch? I don't know. But anyway, I was, I was just kind of blown away that he was born so quickly and easily and he was nine pounds and six ounces and. Um, I think I tore a little bit with him. Um, but yeah, that was, <laughs> it was a night and day difference mm. just both in my labor experience and with 
like my midwives, like they were just gently like encouraging me to do different things instead of like checking me and making me feel like I needed to go do something, right? They weren't, they weren't trying to fix me with different medicines. They were just giving me ideas. <laughs> like, here we go. Let's, let's try walking around. I don't know. Um, I mean, I definitely did a lot of moving with my first as well, but it was just a whole different experience. Mm. Yeah, that's, that must be a wild feeling to go from like what you said, that very long first one to, you know, a shorter, <laughs> I, I feel yeah. like, I, I mean, my shortest labor has yes. been 16 hours, which oh, wow. I mean, <laughs> isn't, I mean, it, it's not over a day, but it's not short, yeah. you know? And so yeah. like, I just can't imagine having a shorter than that I mean yeah I I guess it depends on when you count from too like if I were to count from first contraction I just like I don't start that clock like how long my labor was until like I'm like oh yeah I'm in labor and I stay in denial for a good long time I guess yeah so I, I guess if I counted those hours that I was just like eh it might go away um it I could call it longer I guess I don't know that's yeah, probably good yeah. to do that though, because then it probably does feel like it's way shorter, you know? Yeah. I try to yeah. do that. And if like... I can ignore it, then it's not like. <laughs> yeah. So, how was your recovery with your second? Anything um, significant um, happen, or was it a pretty, pretty easy similar? I think recovery. I think it was pretty similar to the first. I, the tearing was the same. Like I feel like I still needed the perennial like bottle you know and I don't it's just so weird that that's the being the the, that was my last midwife assisted birth but it was also the last tear I had I'm like well I wonder if those two things are related or if I'm just you know more seasoned I don't know yeah that's (laughs) interesting wow okay so how long after your second did your third Mm. come along so we had one boy and one girl and I was up all night between the two bedrooms because at the time my husband was like no they need to be in their own room um from about four months and so I was up all night nursing from one bedroom to another and I got so burned out and exhausted by that that I was like I can't have any more there's just no way I can go through this again um because I just hardly I was hardly surviving I think um and also feeling a little crazy <laughs> yeah, I can um, imagine. And so I, I, I just didn't want to go through that again, and I felt pretty happy. And then once they start getting older, you're like, oh, life is easy. I don't really want to go back to the days where you know we have to, they can't be separate from us at night or whatever. Like we were having some trips and things like that. That I, my husband was like, this is fun. Um, and then the Lord surprised us with our third. And it was about the time I was really pretty self-absorbed and into fitness and into food and um, into social media. And I had finally got my six pack that I wanted like the whole, my whole life. <laughs> and the Lord was like, here you go, have, have a pregnancy. That, and, and I had to really, um, I, I realized that I had illusions of control and that's, that, that control is an illusion. So I was, um, humbled by that and very grateful after, you know, a few days of feeling a little out of control and uh, upset about it. I was really excited. And we had joked after our second was born that um, if we ever had any more, then we wouldn't probably need a midwife because it was just so straightforward. And like, obviously my body was, did it without, (laughs) the midwives weren't doing anything really 
catching was the main thing. So um, my husband felt pretty good about that after number two, but then we were done, you know, so that was kind of off the table until we got surprised with number three. And I was kind of timid about it. I was like, do you still feel that way? Or like, do you want to, like, we weren't in any sort of like financial bind that would make us not hire a midwife. So it wasn't anything that I, I knew that he had the freedom to say yes or no, whether he wanted a midwife there. So, um, he just said, yeah, we could totally do it. So I just spent that whole pregnancy. Um, I re- I listened a lot to indie birth. I listened to um, a little bit of free birth society until it got, got a little um, different. For, like I was just not interested in like the new age stuff anymore. And I was like, yeah. I just wanted a community of women who were trusting the Lord for birth. Like, um and I wasn't finding that. So I just decided to make my appointments with the, the Lord. And I did a lot of um, hiking. And my kids both rode bikes on the trails at different parks. And so I'd take them to the trails. And um, they'd climb on the rocks and the river and things like that. Well, I just prayed and asked for um, counsel for, um, like, whether it was nutrition or whether I needed a certain... Um, I don't know, just like the various things that even, even a a woman doing like what they call a wild pregnancy, there are different, um, clinical things that they'll do. And so I just, because I had had low iron before I wanted to be like extra cautious because I was obviously not going to have a midwife there to tell me if I was hemorrhaging or whatever. I wanted to be careful. So I, um, did my own labs and now looking back I don't think that that was a very like faithful decision for me just because I was like I said I trusted the Lord completely but then I allowed fear like the fear of what I had experienced before to inform my decision on that so I don't know that he was the one telling me to do that it was more like anxiety over like what if I were to have low numbers I don't know Mm-hmm. So I did, I did supplement some iron, um, because of those numbers, uh, that I got. Um, but I, I felt really good. I was still really into like fitness and training and, um, all that. So I stayed really strong and, uh, I knew a lot more about nutrition with her. So, um, I would say like the, the load on my body was a lot less as far as like, um, <clears throat> toxins or whatever um but yeah so that was a really healthy and strong and easy pregnancy because my older kids weren't like being carried around anymore or anything like that and I was getting plenty of sleep (laughs) (laughs) but that was five years sorry I didn't say that oh okay it was well it was four years before I got pregnant and I had her just about five years after the second so it was a pretty big gap yeah that's a good size gap for sure yeah. So how was... But yeah, that's kind of how her pregnancy went. Yeah. So how was that first free birth labor? Um, that labor, she... I, I thought I was going to have her towards the end of March. So I was a little bit surprised when she came, I would say, closer to 39 weeks. I counted moons, not weeks. 
So I really don't know how many weeks I was, but I, I know that she came a couple weeks before I thought she would. Um, and, oh, buddy, <laughs> my newborn. Um, sh- my brain is just not working right now. Um, I feel really bad. I feel like I feel like the sound thing threw me off so bad. No, it's not no, working. It's, it's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were we were at a park, and I felt I kept having to go pee, and the the ornamental grasses at the park, and I noticed that there was some bloody show, and I'm like really wanting to leave the park, and our friend who lived in the neighborhood shows up with all of her children. And they want to show me a dead beaver. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really. Uh, I was trying not to let anybody know I was in labor. Thinking I might be in labor. And um, so I was trying to pretend like I wasn't really needed to go pee again. And walk with them to see this dead beaver. But so that, that happened. And we, my husband was working close to the park. And I told him, I was like, you might not want to stay super late um, at work. Because he was finishing up a tree and then he went back to the shop so we went home and I started making dinner and the kids started making uh or watch it what do you call it uh watching my contraction timer for me turning it on and off so that I didn't have to like stop making dinner to do it and um towards the end of the evening we had a tradition of playing skipbo with our two older ones and I was just getting super impatient with that game and uh by the time we got them in bed I was just like do I go to sleep or like do I try to sleep or do I just stay up and keep going with this um so I I just kind of doubt myself (laughs) until I'm really into it so I laid there for a few minutes and thought well if this is it it's I mean it's a good time to do it because the kids are in bed so I might as well see if see if I can keep going with it. Um, I don't really want to lay here and not get sleep because every time I would try to sleep, I would wake up with a really uncomfortable contraction because for me, contractions are not, not fun laying down. Like I'd rather be in a different position. So I decided to get up and ended up um, just laboring around the house and uh, listening to Psalms. And um, when you're not calling somebody else in, it's, I, I'm... It's very, you lose track of time, and it's a whole different experience. Yeah, I bet. So, and I tend to be the kind of person that doesn't want to inconvenience anybody. So, like, even my husband, I was just like, I don't want to wake him up until I know that things are about to happen. So, I tried to wake him up at 2, and he he's a really sound sleeper. So, he didn't wake up then, but then around 3, I was like, okay, I really want support. So, he... <clears throat> He got up then, and then um, I ended up in the bath, and I think that's when transition hit because I was really sleepy and kind of sh- um, between contractions. They were really far apart, and so I kept waking up just to contract and then dozing off, and I was like, this is super weird because at the time I hadn't, like, I'd never experienced a transition that was like that before, um, but when you're on your own, I think that you kind of feel, you notice a little bit more mm. what's what's going on. So 
I got out of the tub. I think I got an urge to push when I was in the tub again, like I did with my first. And I got out and laid on the floor and I got really shivery and cold. So Drew got me a blanket and he just laid on the floor with me and I would fall asleep between contractions. And um, I did that for, I guess, from like 4 a.m. to 5 or so. And um, just on all fours, I would, I would contract on all fours. And then I'd lay back down on the towel or whatever. And then um, around 5, I told him, I think I had a, a couple of those FER contractions where I was like, okay, there's definitely. And I felt for progress, and I could feel it um, bulging the water sacs. Mm. Um, so I told him to go get our kids because I wanted them to witness. And... They had headphones and these little, like, books on, it's called a play away from the library, where it's just like an MP3 player of a book. <laughs> and so they sat in the other room and waited, and because um, I, I didn't want them sitting there staring at me, <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted them to be there for the birth. So um, I ended up breaking my water with my fingernail, and right after that, um, the... FER contractions started back up really strong and um, I want to say there was only two or three of those before she was born and it wasn't like it wasn't a slow crowning it was pretty quick she was um, my husband reached around behind me and caught her and laid her on the floor and I have a video from the side just because I had my camera set up in the bathroom and it just it's such a <laughs> anticlimactic I guess he just kind of reaches around puts her down and I, I lift up my dress and there she is and um, there was no delay in her vital signs she was very very um, vigorously crying and um, it was it was just such a blessing like I didn't feel I don't know. I, I, I felt in that ex, extreme oxytocin, uh, oxytocin rush again. And, ah, uh, it's, it's the best. And mm -hmm. also just on top of that, it was, it was my first free birth. So I was both like overwhelmed with how amazing it was and like how powerful it felt, but also like humbled by how simple it was and, and ordinary mm -hmm. <laughs> it was just both of those things and it was just such a strange like well that was that was all there was to that yeah, <laughs> oh, mm, yeah. so that was a beautiful first first free birth but um, yeah. that was our third cool yeah I always I'm always in awe of, of free birth stories like just because I, I like it's something that I I'm interested in. I don't know if it's something that I'm, I think I'd really have to hear clearly from the Lord like that, like this is what he wants me to do. Um, I think to go down that road myself, but I really love the presence of a midwife. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, yeah. but I love, love, love hearing free birth stories and like, I'm a huge, I totally yeah, like I support it, it and and everything personalities but, yeah personalities have a lot to do with it I know like for myself I don't do well when I'm being watched so mm -hmm. um just emotionally and 
mentally. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's part of why I stutter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah, that so. makes sense. Yeah. After after her birth, um, I felt very confident that was my, my body was able, and I also felt confident that the Spirit had taught us we were um, as His belongings. Um, I, I didn't have to fear letting Him create humans mm-hmm. <laughs> within me. That like I, I feel like before before her birth, I felt very like I was the one in control of of our um, or we were. And after her, I had a whole different mindset about my body and whose it, whose it was and, Mm. um, releasing that to him, to the Lord, really, um, it, it's blessed our family multiple times just by letting, letting him choose to, to create our children. Um, yeah, so she was only, I don't know how old she was. Oh, after her, I had a, um, we had a really busy year in 2019 and we had a family reunion planned and I got pregnant and I didn't test after her. I didn't, I stopped pregnancy testing because I was just, there was a lot that the the spirit was teaching me. And one of those things was, um, to let go, let go of like idols and trying to see things and trying to, to know things and, um, so just, I just let him show me, you know, that I was pregnant and I had just gotten to the point where I was very confident and I was like, I'm going to be able to tell my family that we're having another baby at our reunion. And then, um, I started bleeding mm-hmm. and I, I was like, well, maybe it was just a, a late period. Um, <laughs> and then he revealed to me, that's not what it was. It was definitely a miscarriage and it was my first. So it was just a whole different it was something, it was my fourth pregnancy, and since then I've discovered, you know, the Spirit teaches me things through number four, um, and so I, that that has become more significant to me, And but it was, it was a, a time where the Lord had to show me that, like, just because, I, I think this was the gift of that miscarriage, which just, that just because, like, from an earthly standpoint, it looks like a loss that does not mean that I, um, I am not blessing you in some way. And mm-hmm. just reconciling that, like, cause I was very confident with our third, that she was going to, the end was going to be life. Like if the Lord had created her out of his own desire to have her in the world, then there was nothing I could do to, um, destroy that. And I don't know, um, if I was starting to fear, like, um, that maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like I just learned through the miscarriage that like, uh, the, our, our, our idea of loss and his might be different. Right. So mm. like thinking, thinking that the best possible outcome is a living human is, is an earthly way of thinking. And so, um, just realizing that I had an idol of like, me, me having the, uh, my, my, my living baby in my arms is, is, is the best thing that can happen. I just needed to confront that idea. Um, just because I, I, to me it's submission, right? (laughs) I don't feel like I'm being very clear about what I'm trying to say. Um, 
anyway, it was it was a way for me to learn how to yield yield still further to the the work of the Spirit mm-hmm. through loss and trust Him more, even though the outcome wasn't what a person would hope, like a human would hope for. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then three months after that, we were going through some stuff and. Um, we, we both desired to have a place with some property. We were living in a rental at the time, and we lo- both desired to have a home with a property, and we both wanted a, another child, um, but we didn't, we hadn't really taken that desire to the Lord. So I was like, babe, why don't we just like ask out loud? Like <laughs> he desires for us to, to come together before him and um, give him our desires and trust him those th- with those things. And we both, you know, confessed that we desired to have a place with, with property, and um, also that we wanted a son. And that same month, I got pregnant, and I, I wouldn't say I was overly confident that it was a boy, and I, I don't really know why, except that, you know, the Lord knows. I know that the Lord knows better what we need than we do. Um, but we, that pregnancy was 2019 to 2020, and so... There was a lot that was going on in the world then, um, but we were looking for properties, and what we found was an 1880 farmhouse on five acres on a creek, which was one of my other heart's desires, was to have frontage on water. And then 12 days later, after we moved in, um, we had our baby son, and so those were incredible um, blessings to, to receive after asking specifically um, for that, and some people would ask me, like, what was it like being pregnant in 2020? I'm like, it was kind of ordinary <laughs> for us, except for the fact that I was trying to move when I was, you know, 40 weeks pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's so the blessing that of sweet. being pregnant and doing it that way during that time was, you know, you didn't have mm-hmm. to deal with all of the all the, the things that went on in, in not just the hospital setting, but the home birth setting, too. You know, a lot of midwives... Kind of, and probably more medwives, <laughs> could yeah, kind of yeah. followed some of the weird things, you know. Yeah, but. so we actually, I actually got COVID when I, before it was cool. <laughs> yeah. So at 12, let's see, I don't know how many weeks that would be. Um, it was born in August and it was February that we got it. No, January. So I wasn't super far along. Um, and... I knew I was pregnant and I had never, I didn't know what the, what I was suffering from, but we were down for two weeks. And now like looking back, I'm like, man, there was a whole bunch of reasons if I wanted to be scared, <laughs> like having a fever when you're pregnant, people get freaked out about that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, it wasn't until I went back to the gym that I even heard about COVID. <laughs> uh, so we were living a whole different lifestyle, I guess, of, we were kind of separated, I guess, from society and not even hearing all the news, but. Yeah. So how was that? We're on number four, correct? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah I that? started moving on, I guess. Yeah, um, how was that fourth His birth? pregnancy was pretty good, um, and after finally moving into our old farmhouse, I guess I, my body and emotions and everything relaxed, and I went into labor um, in the evening again. 
I started putting together a pot pie crust and I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to finish this. I guess you might have to make this for me. And um, I was talking to my husband, I guess. And I stayed up later. later my, my mom was like, can you just tell me if you're in labor so I can pray for you? And I was really timid about texting her because I was like, I don't really like people knowing if it's, especially if it's not real. I don't really want people to be worried about it. So, um, but I did text her about like uh, eight. And I was like, I don't know if it's happening, but it's a possibility. So she's, um, my mom knows, but she lives in California. It wasn't like she was coming to visit or anything. So um, I, my husband went to bed, everybody went to bed. And I decided just to get up and I couldn't really sleep. And we had just moved in. So there was all these old lady curtains all over the windows that had so much fragrance in them. And one of them, I was puttering around, I guess, the early labor kind of thing that people do. And I knocked the curtain off into my face and I just about threw up. I'm like, okay, all the curtains have to be washed. So I'm doing all these weird things at like 10 p.m. And... I think it was about 11 after doing a bunch of weird little things like that. And I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm going back to bed. And so I poured myself some labor aid and started drinking it. And uh, I'm trying to remember if I took a bath with him because I often end up in the bath in early labor, but I, his labor seemed pretty fast. So I think I did, I did sit in the bath for a little while. Um, and then I went and got my husband and um, I'm trying to remember if our older kids, yeah, yeah, he got them. So at about midnight, I bring the little, um, what do you call it, Chuck's pad. It was a reusable one, but I laid it on the living room floor. I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know if everybody does this, but I just kind of like identify a landing spot if that's, I don't know. It's just I, I had to put something down and stay, right? Because <laughs> you get to a certain point and you're just not moving. <laughs> so I uh, I sat down on that and started working through on all fours. And my husband went and got our two older kids. How old were they at the point? Um, 2020. So I don't know, 10 and 8 maybe, something like that. And they came in and go ahead. Um just stood in the doorway because our living room had a doorway from the dining room and he um I don't remember any any dramatic moment in that labor like I just it's so vague <laughs> but yeah so he was nine four but he um my husband caught him there was no tearing or anything like that. I'm trying to remember if there was any. I just had the same fetal ejection reflex. <laughs> I have such boring free birth stories. Um, <laughs> there was like no exciting. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's that's about it. He was just born on the living room floor on on a very old house in a very old house I just loved that like we christened the house so quickly yeah <laughs> we were all like hey we started off and then we started wondering like how many babies have been born in here already like if these walls could talk we'd love to know but um 
yeah, so his was uneventful, and I hadn't hoped to give birth down by our creek, but I was thinking about how hard the the journey back up the hill would be because it's pretty steep. Mm-hmm. And was, my husband's like, nah, no, let's not do that. <laughs> so it was in the middle of the night, so it probably wouldn't have been ideal. Yeah. But, yeah, that was my yeah. August 2020 baby. And then, um, yeah, we lived a little bit of a farm life. Like, we started some homesteading stuff, and I got seriously overwhelmed after that, trying to keep up with a dairy cow that was making 14 gallons a week. And um, <laughs> it, was, it, was a whole, it was a whole couple years. But I got pregnant with my fifth. Um, I, I can't say that I was surprised that we conceived him. Um, I didn't test again, so it was just one of those the baby book always asks like what what how we found out about you and each time it's been like a different experience of waiting on the word to kind of show us mm. um and it's just just a wait and see kind of thing but we were all very very excited um to have another and I was still milking the cow and so I think part of part of why his was so fast was because I was squatting to milk um for like 30 minutes a day (laughs) so my body was very well stretched out and and just like I guess my pelvis pelvis was just I don't know really easy to easy to work with or something but um yeah his pregnancy was pretty easy I think I had um I don't know uh I was still nursing my my fourth and um so there really yeah there really wasn't anything I I wouldn't say that I was doing as as much protein and so I feel like that part of part of that is why I felt a little more done toward the end of his pregnancy but I also because I had gone um early with most of my kids I was thinking he would be born the middle of May and it started to get hot about that time. (laughs) And because he didn't come the middle of May, I was just like, Oh my goodness. I can't like, that was my first pregnancy that I was just so over it. And I had never really understood women who felt that way. Um, so that was a different kind of blessing, just being able to experience, um, that, that end of pregnancy weariness that I hadn't had before. Uh, but he, he went to June 4th, and my husband has actually called it. He, he knew that it was going to be a boy, and he knew it was going to be June 4th. I don't know how, but he said that. So um, that morning, I was it was just an ordinary Saturday morning, and we were having breakfast. And I was feeling a little crampy, but my husband was, like, wanting a desk to work from home. And so I was like, here's this one I found on Craigslist or Facebook or something. And he's like, okay, you know, I'll go get it. And as soon as he leaves to go get it, the girls are staying home with me and the boys are going with him because we had two girls and two boys at that point. And he leaves. And as soon as he leaves, I'm just like, I can't, I don't, I can't deal with anybody. Like my friend was supposed to come get her share of milk because we did herd share um, for milk at that point. We were sharing with others. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not taking it out, Arden. You have to, because I have an older daughter. So I was like, I'm just not, I'm not doing it. So you're going to have to talk to her because I'm done. Um, So I went in the bedroom, was swaying, because we have a, um, 
yoga silk hanging up in our room and I like to use those for labor and this was the first labor at this house that I had actually hung it up so I was swaying in that and um do you know what I'm talking about the yeah, aerial I think so okay yeah. um so I didn't didn't stay in there very long before I was like I'm getting in the bath and as soon as I got in the bath I started praying that my husband would get back in time because somehow I knew that this was not going to be a very long labor. And um, I prayed about it because I was like, that's what I do in my labors is I ask for the, um, just what what do I need to do next? And just praising um, him for his wisdom and letting, just asking for insight on what needs to be done. And um, so I realized I didn't have my water jar I had a jar of water that I really wanted to drink from and it was on my dresser and I was not leaving the bathroom because I was naked, right? And um, my husband wasn't back yet and then I hear everybody come in and I'm like, okay, he's going to take this desk up to the studio where he wants to have his little office and I really wish he would just come straight in here. So I'm already starting to get a feel a little irritated that he's doing this and I'm like just just praying he'll get back, right? <laughs> and um, so I'm in the bath, and I hadn't gotten any fetal ejection reflex yet, but he, uh, I think I had my phone, so I texted him. I was like, where are you? Um, I need my water. And then everybody, everybody, like the boys and the girls, were all in the house as soon as he was done putting his desk away. And I'm like, everybody's got it. Like, just, there's too much noise. So he, we have a little side to our house that has, like, a playroom. And um, so he kind of, like, throws them in there. (laughs) Go, go, go. Shoes them in there. Closes the door. And as soon as he comes back to the bathroom, I've got fetal ejection reflex. Oh, and with my fourth, I actually burst my waters with my fingernail again. So this time I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let the Lord do that. I'm not going to be impatient about it. I'm a fetal ejection reflex takes a minute. I'm just going to let it. So, um, I purpose not to, not to mess with the waters and cause I, I could feel that they were bulging, um, and that the head was right behind it and I kind of wanted it to go forward, but I, I just prayed about it and told the Lord, like, I want you to, to be in control of when this releases and, um, just not even five minutes later, FER took over and I was in a kneeling lunge. And one of the things that I feel like the spirit taught me, um, during my free birth was learning how to breathe down underneath the baby's head, like, and, and allow that, like the breath to release the muscles, um, and alternating lunges for each contraction. Cause I'll, if I stay like just keeping my torso upright. So I was doing that. Um, and during like the third one like that, my water just exploded and all in one contraction, the water exploded, the head was born and the body was born like all in one. (laughs) Like I think I took a breath (laughs) in the middle of that contraction, but my husband, I'm glad he catches well because I I had to ask him. I was like, did I catch or did I was like, I don't remember catching, but how <laughs> I don't even know how you caught that mess. But he caught him and um, it was a I was in the tub, but it was dry. I had had him drain the bathtub. So I just had a towel um, laying on the bottom for padding. Um, yeah, but it was a very tidy birth because everything was just draining away. <laughs> 
Yeah, and within, that's a, nice. within a couple minutes, like the kids, um, my husband went and got the kids and they came in and were short of a mace because they had just gotten sent out <laughs> for, for a short time. But yeah, that one was so fast. Like I would say an hour and a half um, of active labor. So that postpartum was trickier because we had the cow and I um, knew that there was, like my husband was milking for me because um, we used to do, he would do morning and I would do evening. And so he started having to do both and I knew I couldn't do the milking. So I ended up trying to keep up with all the milk and do dairy um, stuff. And I did not have a restful postpartum and I ended up with depression, postpartum depression after him. I think partly because the labor was so, uh, it just kind of left my mind behind at the, like the magnitude of what had happened. It was just like noon and I had had a baby and like we were ready for lunch and like it was not, it, it was not able to process <laughs> what all was going on. And so I think it took a few months to catch up to that, but also I, I didn't take care of myself. You can let them out please and take them outside. Um, yeah, so that was that was a different kind of postpartum I was not I did not take care of myself and I didn't really have time for preparing food or anything like that so it was it was hard <laughs> hmm. yeah yeah that's that's I always wonder like or think or think that like about you know quick labors like that that are just super quick it's almost like yeah like you're you don't really get to process it because it kind of just happens to you versus, yeah. you know, you really having to dig deep and go inside and, you know, get, mm -hmm. go through it. Yeah. It must be a crazy process. Yeah. Be so fast. Yeah. So after him, I, um, let's see the process of getting pregnant with her. Let's see. I, I got my cycle back after him when he was only nine months old and I usually have a longer break than that. So I should have been suspicious that the Lord wanted to create more soon, <laughs> but I was, you know, I was probably overly confident that I knew my cycle, but it was still, I think, getting into the swing of things. So I, um, was completely unaware of what the Lord was doing when he, um, started, started this little one. And I, I mean, I'm very, very thankful, but I was just, I, I don't know that I felt ready <laughs> at the time because I was only nine months postpartum and still nursing strong. And, um, I had slept through the night, so that was nice. But, um, again, I didn't test. So I was just kind of praying for revelation as to what, what, whether I was pregnant or not. And, um, I actually heard a name and because of the name that I heard, I thought, okay, well, it's a girl and this is the name. And so throughout, I, oh, and that's kind of how I found out because I felt like the spirit was giving me a name. Like, well, why would the spirit give me a name if I wasn't pregnant? So I just, I gained confidence through that believing that I heard a name <laughs> and, um, that pregnant, this pregnancy, this last one has been, was easy and, um, healthy. And I, um, towards the end, I had moments where I was suspicious that there were twins because one time when my husband was on a work trip, I was listening to 
the heart with the fetoscope and I swore I heard two different heart rates in two different places and I'm feeling humongous, like massive. I'm like, well, maybe it's just because it's number six. Maybe it's because there's two. I don't know. So I'm like reading all these stories, listening to these surprise birth stories because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be completely off guard if that, if that happens to me. Um, so I... My husband, again, chose a date, and he was like, it's a girl on December 15th, and um, I was kind of leaning towards believing him because he had been right with at least two of ours as far as the date and the, um, the date and the gender. So, <clears throat> so I was feeling pretty confident that December 15th would be it, and um, I'm trying to prepare as much food as I can for the freezer because I want to have a better postpartum getting everything ready and um I ran out of honey and I ran out of spelt because I I like to mill my own spelt and make make breads and things like that but I ran out of everything and the day that I got my honey shipment and my spelt I'm like starting to feel crampy and I'm like oh no I don't have time to make more stuff (laughs) this is a bummer um and like my husband had work things that he was wanting to finish up and um, before the baby came on the 15th. <laughs> um, so it's December 5th and I had my chiropractor, um, and she had told me, she's like, yeah, I can kind of feel in the tendons and stuff like within a 72 hour range. And I was sort of suspicious of her, be her, her reaction to like feeling their ligaments and stuff when I went in on the 5th, but I didn't ask her because I was like, I don't really want to know. Like, I just want to wait and see. And, like, I don't know. I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in what she said, but I also didn't want her to spoil, be a spoiler alert. So, <laughs> um, so, uh, let's see. Yeah, that afternoon, I texted my husband. I'm like, I'm feeling a little crampy. He's like, well, maybe the 15th is wrong. I was like, but I just got my spell and my honey. And he's like, well, maybe Arden and I can do some stuff. And um, so further on in the evening, I'm feeling a little bit more like cranky. You want to get the kids to bed. And um, he was like, I was going to read aloud. And I'm like, oh, like I, I kept getting confused because I was just so ready for everybody to be quiet and go to bed. <laughs> and I was full of a lot of boys and noise and all this stuff. So everybody goes to bed at like 8.30 and I'm trying to go to bed and trying to go to sleep. And every time I started to drift off, I would wake up with the contraction and I'm like, okay, well, okay, fine. I'll get up. So I'd get up and it wouldn't be like, I had had prodromal labor with my fifth. And so I was like, maybe that's all this is. So I'll get up and move around and see. I fiddled with the wood stove a little bit, got the fire going again. And just at about midnight, I was like, or no. I just kept praying, like, show me if I'm supposed to go to bed, show me if I'm supposed to stay up, I don't really know what to do. It was kind of nice thinking, like, I would like to labor at night, because there's just so many people in this house, Um, but I just, I wasn't sure, uh, because I kind of remain unsure until it's undeniable. So I downloaded a um, timer app to see if I could, see if I, there was a pattern at least, because I was up and down out of bed, and I couldn't really tell, because I wasn't watching the clock, and, uh, about midnight, I was like, okay, I think this is, I think this is for real. So I ran a bath and stayed in it for a while and I just worshiped and it was, you know, it was not, it was not horribly intense 
or painful. I just, and I had actually prayed because I had listened to all these supernatural births and I was like, I think that would be nice. And I did invest in believing that that was possible. And so that's what I was, you know, intending for and praying for. And just, I just made my, I, I smiled through the, you know, I wanted to release as much tension as possible through praise and through smiling or singing. And so I did that for like an hour in the bath and then, um, it started to get cold, so I brought a Chuck's pad in here and into the dining room. And it turned out our bench that we have for our table was a nice place to prop my elbows for contractions. And um, I did that for a little while, and I kept thinking I heard something in the living room, but I wasn't sure what it was. And so finally at like, I think it was 2 a.m. I went and I got my husband because I was like, I felt maybe a, a tiny urge. Oh, I checked myself. That's what I did. I checked progress dilation and I wanted to, I, I was like, I don't, I don't know how long this is going to be just because I had had such a fast thing with my, my fifth orange. And, <laughs> uh, so I went and got him up because I was like, I don't want him to miss this. So I got him up and he starts trying to work on the fire a little bit. And I had a little bit of back pinching so he you know held my hips for a contraction or two and then it stopped really it stopped pinching so um I guess it was the position I don't know exactly but um he started fiddling with the fire and he's like babe there's a bat in here (laughs) I was like what like I thought I saw something flying but like it wasn't computing in my mind why there would be something flying in the living room so I figured I was seeing things so he figures out a way to get it out. And I'm just like, that is just such a weird thing to have happen when you're in labor, um, to have a bat flying around in your living room. But, you know, I, said, <laughs> I tried to stay low because I really did not want to get hit in the face with a bat. So um, that happens. And then the same transition experience as I had with my third where I, you know, would wake up get on, get on my elbows and my knees, have a contraction and then lay back down and fall asleep and be all like super cold. So he'd cover me between every contraction with a blanket and then I'd be hot, hot, super hot (laughs) whenever I was contracting and then get freezing cold. Um, and so I kept checking progress because I wanted my bigger kids to come watch, but I didn't really want them to be waiting too long. Um, so I checked, a couple of times and I was like, okay, I can feel the head right there. There's a little bit of cervix left. And I have my, my past experiences is that like my midwife told me with my first that I had a cervical lip and she held it up. And I'm after this one, I'm like, I think that that's just one of those things that I need to stop, stop considering for myself because I feel like it's a hang up that I get. Like, I'm like, okay, if that's there, you don't want to push against it. And you know, like you have these little bits of information that stop you from believing that your body's going to know what to do. Anyway, I, I, I just realized that after this time that I still had little things like that, that I'm like, I still believe in this stuff. <laughs> um, so I held that up and cause I was like wanting it to happen fairly quick so that the kids wouldn't be up for too long. Cause they, he did bring them down at, um, five, I would say 5am and Um, I held it up there and every time I would hold the cervix back and see if it would like kind of go up and over the, the crest of the head, um, a huge contraction would come, a super 
super intense. And so I ended up pushing, um, I was in a bowing, super deep bowing, because it's like child's pose. And um, his head came out and then there was no more contraction. Oh, and I pushed, like I, with or with my fifth Oren, I did not push, like my body was doing it, right? So I was very confused as to, like, I felt like the, um, the fetal ejection reflex was there this time, but not quite so, like, overpowering. And I, so I, I consciously had to push with my contractions this last time. And it was hard. Like, I'm like, wow, I, I could actually see, like, why people say I pushed, you know, because cause mm-hmm. after having fetal ejection reflex do it for you for, for three births in a row, I just had forgotten like how it feels to actually push and so I pushed his head out and then there was just no contraction and I was praying because I was like I haven't had this happen for I don't even remember I don't think any of mine have ever waited between head and shoulders so you know all the little things cross your mind like okay what if his shoulder stuck and or what if the shoulder stuck Mm -hmm. and so I just instinctively moved a little bit in some different positions and waited and prayed and I I looked at the video and it was four minutes after his head came out um and I waited for a contraction and I kept praying and um I think I was on all fours or maybe my elbow was were on the bench and I next time I had a contraction I just pushed for all I was worth and I was praying like Abba, help me. Abba, help me. Like, my kids will tell you. Like, I heard in the video later on, it was really precious. Like, my my 12-year-old daughter was like, Abba, please help Mama. And my, my son is like, my son is like, Mama, you can do it. And it was so precious. Um, mm-hmm. So they were over there praying for me and encouraging me. And, um, yeah, I pushed hard. Like, I, I really had to put every bit of effort that I had left in. And it wasn't like a long labor, so I wasn't super exhausted. It was just, I could feel that he was big. Um, at the time, I didn't realize that was why <laughs> he took, like, effort. Um, but then he, my husband, you know, cradled him and laid him down for me so I could pick him up in the front. And, um, okay, go get them. Um, get Oren. Tell Art, tell Arda to take them out together, all of you. Um, yeah, so it, it was very, very ordinary and simple. And all of my kids, you know, come in and check him out. And he was coughing and very, very healthy looking. And um, yeah, that was, I don't, I mean, I don't know how much of the, the after story. Oh, my post, my I felt like I was a little impatient for my placenta this time. I think because it had come out so quickly with my last few that I was like, okay, it's taking forever. This is frustrating because I wanted to kind of like be able to move more freely. (laughs) And um, so that was a little bit humbling and required some like prayer um, to allow that to happen. Um, But yeah, that it really, it was within 15 minutes. So I don't know why I was so anxious. (laughs) (laughs) wow so how you said he was big how big was Uh, he he was 10 pounds 6 ounces wow yeah he was pretty heavy and I I don't think he's super big I realized like 
he still looks like a newborn to me and fits in newborn clothes, so I'm thinking that he's just really solid. Um, but mm-hmm. I, his shoulders might be broad. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. But, I mean, all of your babies, did you say most of them were, like, 9 pounds? So I had an 8, 5, a 9, 6, another 8, 5, um, an 8, 6, and then... Everybody was calling a nine pounder because I kind of alternate between eight and nine. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. So those are those are good size babies. Yeah, yeah but I love that you've had them all at home. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. they're just such yeah. ordinary stories. I'm like the the biggest part, the most. Um, I think the most interesting the the deepest part about it is how each one has changed and shaped my faith and how like allowing the Lord to be in possession of my body has given me the confidence to do those things like to trust that he was going to um, take care of my body and take care of the baby and because it's been so long since I established that confidence sometimes I forget that that is that is why I'm able to just receive that blessing of like complete peace and um fearlessness towards birth and just what a miracle it is realizing that it's in his hands and he is the deliverer um so that's Mm -hmm. I think that's what what has um I think it's the most amazing part of of the birth stories because I really believe like our births are not meant to be dramatic and crazy so much as like a experience of that really settles our faith and trust mm-hmm. um, more than anything. So, yeah, yeah. they're <laughs> yeah. And no, they're healthy, I love so. yeah. I love the ordinariness of yeah. it. You know, like <laughs> that. Like each one was just kind of part of your day, and yeah. you know, it's. I think it's really beautiful the simplicity of it, and you know all the. I mean, yeah, obviously, like, every birth probably has its own little thing, but, um, but yeah, I just love that each one was just, yeah, ordinary and simple and beautiful, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm, I'm kind of curious with, um, your free births, do you at all, um, like, bring your kids to, like, a pediatrician or anything, like, after they're born? Like, do you, do, do you get them birth certificates or do yes. you leave them so unregistered? I'm just kind of things, curious about that process. Yeah, we do because I don't want to make, make their life super hard later on. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, one of the things that I do um, before birth is I go to the health department and I ask them for the vital record form and they all get confused and they think that I'm ordering a birth certificate and I'm like no I need the vital record form and it's <laughs> form 145 um so I get those and they give me like three of them because you can't make any mistakes and um so we had to do that really quick after this one because we're going to Mexico in February and we have to have a birth certificate oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but so there is a heel prick test that is required by law um and we can send a uh, I guess so. Um, we can send a parent refusal to the state, and we, so we skip that the um, the heel prick. But that's pretty much all we do. We don't we don't take them to the pediatrician. I took my yeah. I took them to the chiropractor today, and she helped with some like 
neck tension, and I was like, oh, that's neat. Like, I really hadn't ever... I've had chiropractor before with other babies, but I I feel grateful that... Um, I feel like this time more than more than usual because his latch... He didn't have a bad latch, and he definitely was getting enough to eat, but he was very smacky. Like, he was smacking really loud and swallowing some air, and he had some congestion, and I was like, oh, all these things are interconnected. Like, Mm -hmm. the way he was holding himself, probably because he was so big and he was scrunched in there, um, had a little bit to do with why he was eating differently than (laughs) my other newborns. And I'm really great. Like, he feels, he seems so much more, like, calm and um, is nursing quieter and seems to be swallowing less air. So, as far as, like, care for my little ones, like, I I feel like I am aware of when they are not quite right and mm-hmm. that the Lord takes care of them. And yeah. I don't take that onto myself so much as, <laughs> like, I pay attention to what they're doing and, you know any unwellness yeah and I think I think that's one thing that's kind of funny and and mixed up about society um or what what we're kind of what culture is teaching us that we need you know medical professionals to tell us if something's wrong with our child or how would we not know before they do (laughs) exactly exactly like God has put that in us to know like I don't think there's ever been a time where a, a doctor has told me something was wrong with my kid without me already knowing first. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the reason I bring them to them is because I know something is wrong and mm-hmm. I just need a, like a diagnosis so I can get meds or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, it's not, I don't think there's ever been a time where, you know, they've <laughs> discovered a problem before I knew about it. Mm-hmm. So something that we can definitely be confident in as moms for sure yeah cool well I love (laughs) hearing your all your stories and I loved you know just how casually you just birth at home (laughs) with nothing and (laughs) I think it's so beautiful and I love that your husband you know was sounds like he was you know kind of right away on board and you guys were it wasn't something that you had to like you know struggle through it doesn't sound like and yeah for the one um, like for my fourth I was like I know you're capable and I, I asked him I was like do you want a midwife just so you don't have to be the one cleaning up after me you know and he's like no I enjoy doing it and I was yeah. watching the video of this last one and I'm like he really does stay busy back there <laughs> yeah that's awesome I love it that's so cool yeah so did you have one more quick question did you have like any fears? I know you kind of said you did have to work through a little bit with maybe your first free birth, but like in your, you know, the next ones, have you had to like ever work through any sort of fears doing it totally like wild and free? Or do you feel like you're, I mean, I really think it sounds like you're pretty confident. (laughs) It has been, um, so the, the Lord actually had me write a book and I think birth has been a huge part of how I have built the confidence that he is the mm. care provider, that he is the only care provider that I can really trust. And I, I really believe this is, this is my own faith and it's, you know, where he's taken me. So I know that not everybody in, is in the position is that I, if, as long as my, my being, my whole being, you know, not, not just my mind and my spirit, but my body as well are submitted to him and giving my appetites to him and desires, 
um, and keeping my flesh in check. Like I am protected and I can trust his blessing. And um, my, my fears, I would say, like I continued to check, like if, if I started to feel like, well, you've already had three successful, or, you know, you've had four, five, five births, you know, without any drama, without any trouble, um, like, what it, like, you know, Satan gets in there with those little, like, barbs of thinking, like, what do you think, why do you think you're so entitled, right? Like, everybody has to suffer sometimes, and why do you think you shouldn't, and just checking that, like, okay, so if my confidence is in the Lord, then I don't, what, what is the worst case, like, if if I have a loss, would I would I can let him author that too, and and not be fearful of that outcome. And um, uh, I I honestly have never considered like okay oh I actually did think somebody somebody was talking about cord prolapse, and I was just like you know what what if that did happen. And, you know, there's those little, like, things that Satan whispers to make you think, like, double doubt your, you know, what, what if, what if you should, and I'm like, well, what if I was somewhere else? Like, if, if, if that did happen, where I am, it doesn't matter. (laughs) And the Lord is going to be my care provider no matter what. And I think that a lot of times our fears and what we do with them determines what kind of outcome he offers us, um. So like if we're like yeah you you you've got me you've got me and then you act like he doesn't have you, then I feel like sometimes we give our hands give ourselves into a bad situation because yeah. of our fears that that may not have even existed if mm-hmm. if we didn't let our fear take us down that road right I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I told all my stories and they were long and <laughs> long and boring. No, um, I think, I think that's what I really want to share yeah. though, is that birth is such an ordinary thing. And I think that so many times we over dramatize it and so mm-hmm. much in our minds that like, no, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When the time comes, your yeah, body you and, and the that. spirit. That cool. Is well, do you have anything each, else that you want to share? Like, um, or do you feel like you've covered that he, everything. Um, he's given me a Psalm 34 for, and it says, um, yeah. I sought the Lord and he answered <laughs> me and he delivered me from all my fears. And it's as simple as yeah, that, like yeah. just giving everything, like giving those things. I'm sorry. Oh my goodness, buddy. I'll be right there, okay? Do you want a little snack? Three-year-old, three-year-old emotions are huge. Um, but yeah, so just seeking him. Um provides that deliverance from the anxieties um, that I once had. I don't have the same, <laughs> I mean, no, okay. I've, I've, I'm still learning that I'm letting go of fears. Like I, I realized that I, I tried to control a little bit this last time, like thinking, oh, my children are in the room. I should probably hurry up. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, if I have another one, I'm going to just let that fear out of my mind. Like, it's okay. <laughs> And not try to be so accommodating to everybody. <laughs> oh, 
okay, buddy. So what about you? Is is there a way that women can reach out to you? Do you have any resources that you offer? Um, yes, I have a website. It's um, shalombirth.org. Uh, it's my um, birth website, and I kind of have a blog there, and then um, I offer support to women um, for just the, the childbearing experience because I, I really believe that the faith and just walking alongside women is where I really am called to be, um, alongside being a mother. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'll be right there. Yeah. And then um, I do have a book, and it's called Why We Eat. Um, but that's, um, that's just a product of, of my faith and, um, just what the spirit has trained me through food. Um, but yeah, there's a couple different things and I have an Instagram, but I don't really use it. So, (laughs) (laughs) and if, um, there was one thing you wanted, you've, you've given some beautiful tidbits of, of advice for sure. But if there was one like must-have piece of advice you'd want to give to a first-time mom. What's one thing you'd want to tell her? Um, I would tell her that um, training your ears to hear the voice of the Spirit um, above all else, you know, even if you do have a midwife, that training um, does you more good in, you know, pregnancy and in labor and in birth than all the knowledge in the world because that is your access to the one who made you and the baby. Um, So you really do have everything you need um, as long as you know that voice and are able to learn how to hear it. Um, So yeah, training training your mind towards the word and um, seeking his instruction for, for every part throughout pregnancy. Um, it gives you that <laughs> gives you that insight that you um, that you need for labor and birth and confidence for all of life and motherhood. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you were encouraged in some way through this story. As a reminder, please rate and review our podcast, and you can connect with us on social media at Birth Journeys Podcast. For more information or to share your own story, please visit birthjourneyspodcast.com and fill out the brief questionnaire. See you next time.